Hi guys, welcome to the, to the um to the State of Depression podcast with your host Deontay and uh Steven. Steven, uh we're not in, in a good mood this weekend, are we, man? Oh, thanks for having me on my own podcast and you know <laughs> trying to lift my spirits, but Tom Thibodeau and Julius Randall can only do so much for me. And the magic apparently has run out. I do have some notes that I'll get into. And I don't want to call it conspiracy theory, but you know. We got something working. So I mean, do you, you know? Let's let's you you want to start off with the with the next game because you know that that was just it's been yeah. terrible the last couple of days. All right, so I got my notepad here, labeled "Why I'm Sad Today." <laughs> um, in no particular, well, kind of a particular order. Number one for sure, Atlanta is a trash city. Anyone who lives there, don't get it gross it's like philadelphia but like further south gross ob Toppin is bad i that one speaks for itself like i wanted this dude to start over julius randall and now he doesn't even play speaking of julius randall's julius randall his braids don't work anymore that magic appears to run out so that's unfortunate uh the girl i like won't text me back that Wrong list, my bad. Um, Trey Young does a really stupid dance and thinks he's cold, which is dumb. When you shoot nine for 21, this dude is just a walking heat check, man. Like, you can't just shoot from 45 feet every time and it still be special and not even shoot 50% for the game. Like, I don't get it. He makes one. He's like, oh, I'm on fire. So, uh, last two... There's a saying with the Knicks, and I think it's inside their jerseys, too. It says, once a Nick, always a Nick. Doesn't apply to Danilo Gallinari anymore. With his super Robert De Niro taxi driver haircut, this dude, nope, we don't claim him anymore. Yeah, you helped Nate Robinson win the slam dunk championship. Nope, different Gallo. And uh, Mark Jones, straight up weenie, man. Like, I want to hear you, like, getting a haircut before the game in Atlanta and then obviously having a Trey Young poster in your bedroom and Doris Burke, who I'm an enormous fan of, just being like, oh, Atlanta's awesome. Oh, the Hawks this, future that. Like, we get it. Cool. They won a game. But, like, this is, this is just my life. It's just sadness. And then I talk about it, and I get made fun of for it. So, life. I mean, so let me, let me start off with this. Um... I feel bad for you. Um, I've I felt your pain. I've I've been there. Um, those Nick fans after leaving Game Two that were outside of Madison Square Garden screaming, "We won Brooklyn." Um, no, you don't. No, we still mm-hmm. do. It Nick's in seven. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, I I respect your uh your constant faith in this uh. In this team, uh, even though they really haven't given you anything to really have too much faith for. Um, like you said, man, Julius Randle, he's whatever mojo he had, just, just gone. I mean, you know, the reason you guys were still in game one was like guys like Alec Burke, and then you know, D Rose really carried you guys in, in game two, but then since then, it's just like, wow, he's just. Like he's then he's then it was a game three or something started like 
one of like 12 or something like that. It was it was just bad. I mean, this is this is kind of what you get with a Tibbs led team. The defense will will be there. Well, outside of Minnesota, Minnesota just sucked, period. Um, the defense will will be there. And like like I've said, you guys have a lot of gritty, tough, get it out the dirt type players, but the offense just isn't there. I mean, when you're going up, like you said, guys like, you know, Bogdan, Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, the former Nick legend, um, Ice, Ice Trey Young, who's just the coldest man on the planet. Don't, don't call him Ice <laughs> Stupidest nickname, like Atlanta. Think of something else besides like freezer nicknames for your star athletes. Think of something else. Ice Trey Young. Spell your name right, and then like I don't know, <laughs> gain and just like it's cold. Like we get it, dude. You could shoot like forty six percent from the field and like have constant heat checks. Woo. I mean. I'm, RJ Barrett is, is just like the ultimate love-hate relationship. One game, it's like, oh my gosh, he's the best thing ever. And in other games, it's like, he doesn't want to shoot ever. And Julius knows that. So then Julius goes into ISO and everyone knows how to combat that. And then... Jumpers left. Th- there's no big man presence because Mitchell Robinson's still out. Taj Gibson's uh, somehow still doing it a little bit. Taj Gibson is like the guy when you're playing pickup who like puts up four points, but like elbows the other team's best guy and like takes them out. So they're like, oh, thanks a lot, Taj. You know, like you actually helped us, but like didn't score at all. So we got that quickly. I don't know what's happened to him. He's on the side of a milk carton since like February. Bench now is depleted because Derrick Rose starts because Alfred Payton was bad, which makes sense. Frank Nielakina loved the guy though. Like, I don't know what it is about him. Just something about him. You can't not love Frank Nielakina. I can't do anything on a basketball court in the Knicks uniform. Kevin Knox. I hope teams still think he has a lot of trade value because can't wait till he's gone. And I don't know, like the rims to me looked really, really tight. And then when they switch sides, they loosen the Knicks. I don't know. Like, maybe that's like Joe Rogan of sports podcasting there. But I mean, I it's something that th- it, it's something something in the air there, like the lemon pepper and the traffic and haircuts. <laughs> I mean, like I said, man, this is the this is just simply what happens in the playoffs with Tibbs' teams. I mean, like I said, the defense is there sometimes, but like. You just simply can't score. I mean, people always knock knock Brooklyn, who we're going to talk about soon. They really don't have too much defense. But at the end of the day, if you can score, that's really, you know, what determines sports. Who who has the most points? And if you can score the most points, most of the time you're going to win. And the Knicks have been pretty pedestrian offense all season, but they were really good defensively. And when you're playing a seven-game series, teams can adjust, and Atlanta's clearly adjusted. Um, Julius Randle, he's missing. Um, this mojo's gone. So, I mean, like I said, I, I, I feel bad, but, you know, this is just how it is. I mean, I'm I'm happy the Knicks are, you know, I, I don't know if I want to say they're back, but I'm at least happy that, you know, this season brought at least some joy to Knicks fans, but 
sadly, I think it's going to end pretty soon. Unfortunately, you know, unless they get some mojo back, it's it's going to be over, man. Yeah, so like the Hawks apparently are really great. Um, team similar to the Knicks in terms of effort. Miami Heat swept over the weekend. Milwaukee finally looks like this impenetrable force that we've been hyping them up to be for two years now. So Milwaukee's going to get a little bit of a break before they go into their second round matchup. They're definitely a formidable foe now, right? This isn't going to be past years. Um, like I, 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 if my memory serves correct, I said this the last time I was on here that for some reason I didn't get that same vibe that Miami could have beaten Milwaukee like I did last year. Um, let's just, you know, bring up the obvious. Um, I guess we can call Miami's, since a lot of people like to call the Lakers championship a Mickey Mouse ring, I guess you can kind of call Miami a, you know, Mickey Mouse East Conference championship, I guess. I mean, they they pretty much brought the same team back. I mean, I, I know they went to acquire Victor Oladipo, who they traded away for, you know, they pretty much traded away nobody for him. Um, but at the same time, they just, I mean, was, after game one, Jimmy Butler, he went missing. Bam out of body was pretty decent, I guess, but it was just pure domination. I mean, I'd, like I said, I didn't get that same vibe that mine was going to beat them, but I, I expected them to at least put up you know, some level of fight. I mean, this was just something embarrassing. I mean, Giannis was doing what he wanted. And, you know, this is what I've wanted to see from him, you know, over the last couple of years, especially, you know, him being back-to-back MVPs. And he was a defensive player of the year a year ago. So I'm just happy to see, you know, see Milwaukee finally doing what I expected him. I mean, them adding a guy like Drew Holiday, you know, it really proved pivotal because let's keep it real. Chris Middleton, Solid player, pretty decent defender, fairly good on offense. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> excuse me, he's not a number two. He's a number three. So obviously having a guy like a Giannis who can just dominate pretty much everybody on the planet, um, having him and then having your Gerardi, who's your facilitator on offense, but he can probably your best wing defender outside of Giannis. Um, he can, that's really I what they traded away for him, I didn't agree with giving up like three first round picks and like Eric Bloodstone, like somebody else. But at the end of the day, this just shows you how they really upgraded the point guard position by getting Drew Holiday. And I really respect uh, Milwaukee. Now, I don't know what they're going to do, you know, once they go further in the playoffs. I could never see them beating either Atlanta or <clears throat> who who they face off. They're the three seed, so they would face off against. Ooh. I don't really see them beating Brooklyn, you know, since Brooklyn's up 3-1. But I could definitely see Milwaukee giving them, you know, a decent decent challenge. But I just don't know how far they can really go. What you said about Milwaukee is perfect. They finally have somebody that at least may not be as big a threat as Giannis, but at least gives some kind of alert to other teams. Like, oh, we got to watch out for now Middleton and Drew Holiday. And it's not just him because when you just, it sounds easy, but when you just have to stop the big Greek guy from running around all over you, it's easy to do for them, not for us, but you know, that you can do. And in a seven game series, you just wear them out over time. So he's not going to be able to do what he can do 
with multiple nights of rest and this and that. But when you have three people that legitimately can win the game for Milwaukee, it makes them very formidable. And what Mike Budenholzer has done in now is third or fourth year, third year? Third year. Yeah, third year. It's incredible. I mean, a couple of number one seeds having the MVP on your team two of those years too helps a lot. But I think that this team is primed. Whoever they face round two, they're definitely going to go seven. And I don't know. I think the rest will definitely help Giannis because he shoulders a large load and has an enormous target on his back for the right reason. So the rest is definitely going to help them because they're a the experience level with them is very interesting because Drew Holiday has played forever, but hasn't really played a ton in the playoffs. Giannis has been in the past bunch of playoffs, same with Chris Middleton. And a lot of their younger guys have been there since, you know, they've played well in the playoffs and then good, you know, early exits. So they're definitely going to be an interesting team to watch. I mean, well, let's just say, you know, I'm about to um, pull an X, um, you know, pulling out one of my old takes that I was right about. Um, when they first traded for Eric Bledsoe, it was it was a decent move at the time because I think they finished like the seventh seed and they faced Boston. If I'm correct, they were like either the sixth or the seventh seed back in 20, 20, uh, 20, the 2018 playoffs. And then they gave him that pretty decent-sized contract. I even said, said then I thought they paid him too early because at the end of the day, he's really athletic. You know, he's a pretty decent defender, but he's kind of undersized. He's limited on, on offense, and he's not a playmaker. So, you know, that they really had to, you know, lean on him, but they weren't getting that production. Now, you get a, get a guy like Drew Holiday, he's not as athletic, but he's definitely a better defender, if that makes sense, and he's way better offensively, and he's a pretty good playmaker. So that's – that might not be all they needed because, obviously, you add a guy like P.J. Tucker who's just really – once again, he fits that that Knicks and Miami Heat mold. Just you know, grit, grind might not be the best skilled player, but you know, you know, they get it out the dirt type of player. So you had a like him. This is potentially a championship roster. And now with the Nets and Celtics being three to one for Brooklyn, to me, this seems like how do how do I put it? It seems like the most pressure for a three to one team, you know, you like, you get what I'm trying to say? Yes. It's like, yeah, they're up three to one. And I mean, if Boston had Jalen Brown and like they were full strength, I, I would be scared for Brooklyn, but Boston just doesn't have the weapons to really compete more than winning maybe one more game. But I feel like Brooklyn is kind of in panic mode. And now with, Kyrie Irving get a, wa- a water bottle thrown at him and fans just not remembering how to act. I I don't know. Brooklyn, they're going to win the series, but I'd say that they should be on upset watch, I I feel. Um, excuse me. Uh, should they be on upset watch? Yes, because when you have a guy like Jason Tatum, who we just saw on, um, on Friday night, who can put up 50, um, you're obviously going to be on upset watch every night. But once again, the reason Boston is where they are now is injuries. I mean, Kevin Walker, he didn't play. Once we know that Jalen Brown's been out for a while, 
Um, they have a couple other players injured and at the same time when you're going up against the three of the monster and KD, Kyrie, and Harden. Jason Tatum can only carry you so much, especially once again without Jalen Brown. Um, you know, he had his Allen Iverson type performance, you know, carrying the undermanned, under less talented Boston Celtics in game three, but at the same time, there's no way they can beat beat Brooklyn unless KD, Kyrie, and Harden was like just just don't even show up. They're like, ah, we don't feel like playing. We don't feel like playing. Um, so and especially this, I don't think Kyrie will. Uh, well, he doesn't really have too much control over this, but I feel like it's, he's going to make it his mission, especially seeing what's you know the all the hoopla that's going on this past weekend. He does not want to go back to Boston for anything. So I, I'm pretty sure he's sat down with, with them and he's like, hey, let's just get this over with. I'm not coming back here to throw water bottles at me. Should he have stepped on the logo? No. But at the same time, when when you're screaming F Kyrie at at Red Sox games, he's like, yeah, he's 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 a he's he does not want to be seen in Boston against them. He's probably saying, like, let's just get this over with. And plus Brooklyn's clearly the more talented team, even if Boston does have Jalen Brown. So uh, this is over in five, without a question. Yeah, but Brooklyn, though, I feel like Brooke, this team is constructed pretty similarly to the Warriors team two years ago that Kevin Durant was a part of, but then was hurt in the finals. And I think that they are just a well-coached, well-oiled machine of a team away from getting bounced from the playoffs and possibly even the NBA finals, depending on who makes it out of the West. So I think for them, they just got to, you know, keep their head down, focus on one game at a time. Cause I think for that, it's so important because Brooklyn at times seems like they're focusing on, you know, the next round and potentially the round after that. And they're not taking Boston as seriously as they should. They were down for most of game one, dominated game two, game three, they lost tonight. They won. So I think Brooklyn just really needs to focus and be in the moment of this game, these 48 minutes and really just let the like three of the top 10 players in the world are on their team. Just let them do what they want to do. And then whoever else wants to help. Cool. I mean, well, this is kind of what, what the, you know, my biggest problem with the Clippers was last year. Cause you know, everybody was talking about, oh my God, we can't wait to get this Lakers Clippers LA versus LA same building Western Conference finals. But then you blow a three, one lead to the Denver Nuggets. So, you know, because you're, you know, before a game, what five, they're out having this celebratory dinner, which they, you know, pre-planned before the game, which is something you don't want to do. You want to finish what you started before, you know, celebrating. Um, so if Boston, I mean, I'm sorry, if Brooklyn just simply avoids doing stupid stuff like that, they should get this over with easily. And I truly believe that they can do something like that because that, because they don't have an idiot of a coach in Doc Rivers. Speaking sorry, of Doc. Doc Rivers, in the last series we got to cover in the <clears throat> East and definitely not worth or last and what's the expression it's like last but not least or something yeah last but definitely least wizards and 76ers we can do what we did last time we just mention it and then we can go on wizards suck i'm i'm a notorious wizards fan philly 
Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, hell, even Danny Green. Get this over with. But don't this, you're you're just wasting a a time slot. Let some other show on T. Let let some random old lady watch a show on TNT. We don't want to see this. Please just get it over with. This is boring. We'll just suck on defense. They clearly suck on offense. Just get this over with, please. Yeah, you said it pretty well. Game four was to this afternoon with the Suns and Lakers. Anthony Davis hurt again. And, you know, again. I, he's so hard to read. Like, last year legitimately was, like, the perfect year for him. Didn't get hurt. Won a ring. Got the money. And now, like, you know, hurt. Quarter Steve Strasburg. So, two to two. Chris Paul seems to be back. LeBron, it appears, is going to be, you know, AD-less in game five. How do you see the rest of this series shaping up? Um, Last time we talked about this was, I believe, before Chris Paul got hurt um, or after. I don't freaking remember. He's either starting to blend. Um, Same as Chris Paul, though. He gets hurt all the time, too. So this is my biggest gripe with this. It's, it's not his fault. What's it? This Anthony Davis getting hurt, not his fault. Chris Paul getting hurt, it's just not his fault. It just it's just happens to certain players, unfortunately. Um, we've seen LeBron James play what eighteen years; he's never really gotten hurt. Some it's just it just happens. This is how the nature of the sport goes. But um, I mean, I don't. As, without Anthony Davis, can they get? Can the Lakers get past the Suns? Um, <clears throat> it just really dictates on how Chris Paul's shoulder is. I mean. You saw in game two and three with a bad shoulder. I want especially game game two. I wouldn't say he was rendered useless, but like, you know, you really can't get that much out of him. You know, he really didn't shoot the ball. You know, he's not really the same playmaker and he's not, you know, as good of as good of a defender. So I mean just look at once again, I've said this many times, I'll say it again. If you take out Anthony Davis, LeBron James, one top two to three goodest players of, of all time, the rest of the team is, yeah. I mean, you have what Shooter, who's a decent role player. You have Kyle Kuzma, decent role player. I mean, Andre Drummond, he can get you a lot of rebounds, but he can't give you any offense outside of two feet. So um, this 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 team just really isn't built for anything taking away Anthony Davis. So, I mean, I, if it, I'd, I'd probably go Suns and seven at this point because it's tied 2-2 um, with them. I would project them to win both home games, um, game five and seven. But, yeah, I just, I just really can't see the Lakers winning this without Anthony Davis. The way that Phoenix beat the Lakers today was so impressive – because nobody dominated for Phoenix. Five or six players in double digits. Chris Paul, maybe at 70%. Devin Booker didn't go nuts. Everybody on the team did what they were supposed to. Everybody played well. They had great defense the entire game. Jay Crowder did what playoff Jay Crowder does. He takes out the opposing team's best player. Dirty or not. I Like... 
it's LeBron James and he's facing Jay Crowder again. What do you expect? Like, I don't, he should know by now, you would think. But Phoenix, just a well-coached team. Chris Paul is pretty much a coach just in uniform playing 30 minutes a game for them. It, it's incredible that they can win and Devin Booker doesn't have to do what he used to do for Phoenix to win like 20 games a year. He doesn't have to score 35 and go nuts. He put up what, 17 today and they still beat the Lakers in Los Angeles. So, I mean, for Phoenix, they're just set up so well. And then for the Lakers, it's weird what's happening to them because every year with LeBron, like right before the all-star break, his teams usually go on some losing streak or they don't, or him or his teammates don't play well. And then they're like, Oh, is it the coaching? Is it LeBron getting old? This and that to me, it seems like that that phase skipped last year and everything obviously went right. And then this year was just a weird year in general. And that whole midseason LeBron drama is now happening in the first round of the playoffs because Frank Vogel's complaining about calls Marcus Gasol hasn't known how to really help all season long. Schroeder doesn't do what he was brought in to do. Montrez Harold doesn't even play. Kuzma, every year he just regresses, it seems, but I, I don't know. He Everyone's still, well, I don't know. Does Do people still like Kuzma? Is he like the cool guy or now is that like face gone? Um, That face is gone. Um, Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I thought. If you check... I'm not I'm not a Laker fan, but you know majority of NBA fans are Laker fans. And if you go on NBA Twitter, Laker fans hate Kyle, Kyle Kuzma because you know they thought he was the next great thing, you know that pair with him and Lonzo. But you know ever since they got rid of Lonzo, it's almost like Kuzma, you know he's become uh, public enemy number one. I mean, no matter what the man does, people just hate him for it. I don't understand. He's just a human being trying to enjoy life. But once again, that. Like I said, outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, team is average at best. That's being generous. I mean, I don't really know what to expect from them. And this game, game five is really pivotal. Whoever wins game five, I'm predicting the Suns will win. But whoever wins game five will win this series. I will. Charles Barkley, guarantee it. I don't have the, the lights behind me, but, you know, we can, you know, you just imagine that's what we have right now. If the Lakers were able to win without AD and LeBron. So that's the other thing. I want to see if LeBron can take it to the level that we're all so accustomed to seeing because the entire playoffs and even the play-in game, he's just seemed, I don't want to say scared, but it seems like he, he knows that he's not ready to, you know, take that next step because obviously he's 36 years old. He can't give it all every time, but at this point of the season, you totally expect you know what LeBron does to happen when it needs to but he hasn't had that moment really you know chase down block going the extra mile to do something the most notable thing he did was hit that shot in the playing game and he's just seen the usual self so without AD he has to be you know him and if they don't get AD or usual LeBron. There's no way they can come back. I mean, well, I <clears throat> I even said that after LeBron came out and said, I remember when it was, I believe it was right before the playoffs, he said, I'm not going to be back at 100%. Once he said that, I'm like, yeah, this is something mental now. 
I mean, obviously, you know, if you ever, you know, every, once you get this deep into the NBA season, everybody's dealing with something. It could be just a nagging knee, nagging uh, calf, nagging back, something. Um, once he said that, I'm like, yeah, this is mental. So I feel like once he pushes through that mental aspect, things will, you know, we can hopefully see the, the LeBron James we've all come, uh, come to love, or at least most of us have. But, yeah, it's just – at this point, I just think it's just a, a mental hurdle that he has to get over. Yeah, and then with the Lakers, it would just be weird to see a LeBron James team out in the first round. Just really, really I weird. Think, I think this is – I don't think that's ever happened. You know, every time he's made the playoffs, he's got to at least the second round. I mean – what I th- I believe he's he missed the playoffs his first year in ago. LA because yeah. You know, yeah he got hurt I believe he missed the playoffs his first year in Cleveland maybe his first two but yeah we've just always I mean what he went on a freaking finals run we made the finals what his four years in Miami is what three three or four years in Cleveland no yeah he made it four years in Miami four years in Cleveland and then I this we're just used to seeing him go far into the playoffs. I mean, seeing him since he's being bounced out in the first round, it's going to be weird because we've never seen it before. In a very compelling series that is also tied to to the Portland Trailblazers and Denver Nuggets, and two teams that we, we've talked about it all playoffs long. It's just so interesting the trajectory of these teams. The Nuggets led by the MVP. Nikola Jokic, and it's, well, you know, without Murray, it's okay if they lose. And then the Portland Trailblazers with CJ Dame, well, they should win. You know, they have two great scorers on their team. So why aren't they going further into the playoffs? This series tied up 2-2. So does any team have a real advantage going into game five? Um, so I, if I had to go with the team, I'd probably have to say Portland. Because at the end of the day, they have their best players. Um, I mean, look at it this way. Just looking at the raw box score. For the longest time, Nikola Jokic, who's, in my opinion, the MVP of, of the league this year, he's led his team in points, assists, and rebounds, right? And if I remember I've checked a couple of his box scores. Well, I've seen, like, a couple of his averages. He's averaging, like, 27 points, like 12 or 13 rebounds. But he's only averaging like three or four assists. So that 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 shows you that the ball is not really in his hands as far as playmaking-wise or the fact that a lot of other players who he's used to setting up is aren't hitting their, their shots. And I just – and if – I remember – they said this on um, on TNT a couple couple years ago. I believe it was Shaq or Kenny Smith, one of, one of those two. They said winning a championship isn't always about the star players because at the end of the day, the star players are going to do what the star star players do. That's what that's who they are. It's about the others. So if you can you know get a little bit of contribution from this player, get some from this player, and you know you build this formidable team then you really have a good chance of winning a championship. And since Denver's missing their other big star in Jamal Murray and the others aren't really stepping up consistently, I just really – I really worry about them. And I truly feel like 
this is something that they have to address or they they need one of their current players like a Michael Porter Jr. to step up and become that next guy that they need or the X factor to the point where if the stars need, need help, they need that next guy to step up. Yeah, that's a great point with Michael Porter Jr. Last year during the bubble, he was a revelation of sorts. And it seemed like, you know, year two, he was going to really take that next step. And then it would be this three-headed monster. But then it didn't really happen in the regular season. And it they need him so desperately, like you said, to just be a little bit better than what he has been. And that would really, I think, put them over the edge of Portland. But mm-hmm. I just think... Portland just has too many shooters, too much depth that if they don't win, Terry Stotts will probably get fired unless they like win the finals. But if Portland doesn't win, I don't know what direction this team really can go in. I mean, this is no, no disrespect to Terry Stotts. I mean, we've seen him get to the finals. I mean, I'm sorry, not the finals, Jesus Christ. I've seen him get to the West Conference finals, what was it, two years ago? Um, and they've definitely surprised a lot of people, but at the same time, it's kind of like the whole Scott Brooks thing, who I hate at this point, the Scott Brooks thing in Oklahoma City. At this, at some, at some point, you need a change of, you know, a, a voice change. I mean, he's been there for as long as I can remember. Um, they've had a couple runs, but if I'm, if I'm correct, the only reason they made the Western Conference Finals was. I mean, well, well, they beat the, the Thunder, then they beat Denver. So they, you know, that was really earned. But at the same time, they just really haven't achieved a lot. I mean, yes, they got to the Western Conference Finals, but I believe they got swept. So at, at the same time, it's just like, we were there. So, you know, I, at some point, I just feel like they need a change. I mean, you've seen what a change in voice did for a team like Milwaukee when they moved off of Jason Kidd, even though they still made, made the playoffs that same season. They brought in a new coach and Mike Bruno's in the very next offseason. And you, you saw they had the best record, I believe, in basketball. Definitely number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They did, did that back-to-back years. So I, I feel like they need to potentially upgrade that if they especially especially if they don't get out out the first round. That's without question. It needs to happen. But it still probably needs to happen because I feel like they've kind of plateaued, you know, to a certain degree. A team that is now the number one seed in the West, the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. Captivating from every every minute of all the games so far. John Morant has been incredible. It, it just the way the Memphis Grizzlies play reminds me a lot of the Knicks because, you know, they just find a way to stay in. They play great defense. But Utah just there's a reason why. They're the number one overall seed. They are just top to bottom, great everywhere. Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player. You could argue in any sport on the planet. There are few people better at defense than him in anything. Donovan mm, Mitchell. I think, mm, I think Aaron Donald would like, like to have a conversation, but I, 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 I get your point, though. I mean, I don't know. Like, Aaron Donald's like, yeah, he's really good, but like – Rudy Gobert no, Aaron, shut down Aaron, an entire league. Aaron Aaron Donald's really great. Let's 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 pump the brakes there. You know, I know there's different sport, but Aaron Donald's really great. So you know, but but I like I said, I 
I get your point, but you know, I'm just just kind of taking an unnecessary jab at you. But go on. I, I don't know. Rudy Gobert's got like longer arms and stuff. Like yes. yeah, Aaron Donald can fight yes. with knives. Like ooh, cool. Aaron <laughs> if you heard that, like please don't. Like that was just You're a joke, man. I'm just just trying to get clicks and you know feed my family. I'm sorry, sir. Um, Donovan Mitchell's back. Jordan Clarkson's just doing his thing. When his career is just so interesting, you know the L.A. And then it was, you know, he was going to be a star. And then, you know, on the bench, star. Nick Young 2.0. And then Cleveland and Cleveland, we all thought he was done. We thought, you know, he got the J.R. Smith treatment with all the tattoos and the three-point shooting off the bench. And, you know, now he's going to be sixth man of the year. He's on the number one team in the West. Utah, I think they're they're, they're going to win it. You think... The Grizzlies got a chance to win another one, or you you like Utah to win out? Um, I think I think they're they're done. Especially if you look at a game one, um, I mean, it was a close game, and Utah didn't have Donovan Mitchell, so I feel like it's just a matter of Memphis is just too young and too inexperienced. Can I? I know this has nothing to do with with you know with what I'm. Well, it has something to do with what I'm talking about. For some odd reason, I hate watching Kyle Anderson play basketball. I hate his shot form. He just looks goofy. I don't know why. I just hate watching him play. When I watched game three and I just saw him, I'm like, amazing guy. I've I've seen videos about him. Amazing guy. I just hate the way he he plays basketball. Um, But, yeah, it's just a simple matter of Memphis is just too young and too inexperienced, you know, compared to Utah. I mean – I know Utah already doesn't have championship pedigree, but you know they they've been in the playoffs the last couple of years and they've just improved. I mean, like you said, you've got a Jordan Clarkson who's six man of the year, Rudy Gobert's defensive player of the year, Donovan Mitchell who's a really really great young player. Then you have a guy like you know Boyan Bogdanovich who I wish my Wizards still had, but you know he's a hell of a shooter. So. Just some, a matter of they just have a lot of veterans and they're playing a bunch of young guys, young young kids who aren't really ready for that that moment yet. The final series in the Western Conference is if you are in the sports media business, going for clicks, this and that. The Los Angeles Clippers, Dallas Mavericks, has been full of those, full of you know storylines, full of narratives. Every single game, it changes, and it's totally different. Game one, it's like, oh, wow, L.A. can't do it. Game two, it's like, oh, Kawhi isn't even that good. Game three, okay, they got one. Let's see what they do. Game four, okay, now it's tied. You know, maybe the Clippers are for real. These two teams, after an incredible bubble series last year, Luka Doncic, I've said it forever and ever, Dallas is going to run this guy into the ground, and he really needs help. Porzingis just, I I don't know. I saw the guy play for a couple of years, upset when they traded him away to Dallas. But, I mean, the Knicks obviously won that one. It, it would appear now. Luka just needs help in the worst way because he can only do so much. And today he was smashing a water bottle on his head, and I get it. It's just he can only do so much, and he's just so good already. But the Clippers, 
we keep making excuses for him, but they keep giving us a reason, it seems like. So does, does it Los Angeles pull it out or can Dallas find a way to win two more? So I know these are two um, different franchises, but this isn't the first time I've seen a Kawhi Leonard team start off down 2-0. I mean, you know, if people remember they were down 2-0 versus Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago, and they came back and they ended up winning their NBA championship. So, you know, I really wouldn't, you know, look too far into it. But, I mean, especially with – it seems like Dallas just injuries are piling up. I know Lucas, he's got like a shoulder slash neck slash nerve injury, I believe. So, you know, that's all within the same area. So, I feel like that's all really connected. Um, and the Clippers really – becoming what I hope they would become because I've been on the Clippers bandwagon for a while. I feel like I've been the captain of that ship. Um, Kawhi hasn't really played bad the last couple of games. It's just a matter of the others really didn't do what was necessary. I mean, I still got the Clippers winning. Um, them going down 2-0 really, I can't really take six because at the same time, all the Mavs need to do is win one game and they're really you know, if they win game five and they're right back on track, they just got to come back and close it in game six. So this is kind of similar, very similar, actually, to the Lakers series. Um, whoever wins game five, I feel like it's going to win the series. But it, it just already depends on what we get out of Luka because we all know how great Luka is. But, you know, he's really the heart and soul and heartbeat of that team. So if Luka doesn't go then where do where does Dallas go? I mean, they've got a bunch of, once again, they've got a, a bunch of decent players. And Christoph Porzingis, you t- talk about, um, you talk about Emmanuel quickly being on a milk carton. You need to put a, a APB out of Christoph Porzingis because Jesus Christ, and I don't know what's happened to that guy. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, with Luca being injured, you just don't really know what you're going to get out of him. And you've seen ever since he, he got injured, the Clippers have won. So they put that pressure on, on him and really try to get the others on the team to step up. Um, that just simply won't work. I mean, we just had a freaking blowout, you know, this evening. So I find like the Clippers have all the momentum. They have all the confidence that they need to uh, pull this out. It's just a matter of, you know, will they hone in and focus and actually get it done instead of, once again, having an idiot coach last year, the Doc Rivers is celebrating too early. If, if one of these teams could win a home game, I'm sure that would do wonders for them. Yes. Yeah, I guess they, is, just, they just like sleeping in hotels, having some play better. At the... Yeah, so that's exactly why I said whoever wins game five will win this series because, you know, if the Clippers win game five at, at, at home, They've clearly shown the ability, especially once again with the injured Luka, they can win on the road. And if the Mavs win, then, you know, that, you know, they've shown they can win on the road three different times. So all they have to do is just win one at home. And even if they don't win that one at home, once again, they've just shown you they can win three, three games on the road. So they can clearly win game seven on the road. So, but once again, whoever wins game five will win this series. And I'm putting my my money. I'm not putting a lot a lot of money. I'd probably put five dollars on it. Um, you know, five dollars I found on the road, but I'd probably put it on the clippers. I brought up narratives changing with this series, so it kind of 
has a spin-off question. Is Ty Lue a good coach? Because while you think about that, I'm going to hit you with some factoids about it. Takes over for David Blaine. And then, you know, coaches the all-star team that year. Didn't win the finals. And then his first full year, they win it. And then two finals losses. Or no. Did they They win? uh, So... LeBron was back in Cleveland for four for four years. The yeah. first full the first full year was David Blaine's. Was that was the first full year was all David Blaine year. Okay, year so two, they won the second year when he took over. Yeah, they won year two, like you said, when Tyloo took over like halfway through the season or whenever that was. Yeah. So, okay, he won the first one, taking over midseason. Impressive. Can't can't mm-hmm. take that away from him. Loses mm-hmm. two more finals. Loses LeBron, fired within 10 games, takes an assistant job, then takes over for Doc Rivers after it seemed like Doc was the scapegoat, but we've talked about that, and that's a whole other mystery. And now his team was down 2-0. Now they're tied 2-2. So if they were to lose the series, as talented as the Clippers are, is this Kawhi and PG, or is this another coaching problem? Um... So let me say this. Last year was a coaching problem because I've said this a couple a couple times on this episode. I said it wouldn't happen when I when I heard Doc Rivers was coaching. I mean, was having a celebratory dinner after Game Five or Game Six when they played Denver. I knew he was not taking them serious. And and once you Stop taking a team series and come up and sneak up on you and beat you. And that's what happened, which is why he got fired. Um, I mean, this year, I would just pretty much boil it down, down to the players. I mean, because what, game one, Paul George really didn't really. Well, I, th- I guess you could say it's just this year would be more of an all around. I mean, well, yes, Paul George did, did play bad when we really needed, when they really needed him to last year. Um, and he really hasn't. He's been good this playoffs, outside of Game One. So I just really feel like it's it's just an overall tone of the organization. It's not the owner's fault because you know the owner really hasn't made any you know roster moves, so you can't really put it on him. He's just he's just paying the guys that you know his basketball people hire to be in the position to win a championship. So it's just one of those, you just have to address, okay, what we're currently doing now, it isn't working. We have to change it up. And he tried changing it up with the coach. I mean, can you really get rid of a Kawhi Leonard and or a Paul George and really get back to where you are now, championship contention? So I I don't know. That's excellent question. I, I mean, I don't think Tyler was a bad coach. I mean, but then again, he's really had a lot of great players around him, like Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Kevin Love, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. So I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't really think he's a, a bad coach. It's, just, it's. I feel like for the Clippers, it's more of an organizational thing. That is one of the many interesting storylines left in this playoff time, if whatever you want to call it. So luckily. 
when we're back on Tuesday. Knicks won't have played by then, so won't be super bummed out. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm hope my season's over. This nonsense over with. I just want to enjoy basketball instead of contemplating suicide every time I watch the Washington Wizards play. Good Lord. Yeah, I mean, you know, one more in front of the home faithful, however many are left. So if if you have a ticket to to game four tomorrow, sell them, sell them. Even if, you know what, just just give give them away. Just give them away. If you if you see a Philly fan, they don't have a ticket to the game here. Just get rid of it. Let let Philly take over. This is just pitiful. They 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 better not win. If they if they win they win tomorrow night, I'm just going to be pissed. It's like why? Because you're going to get blown up by 75 in Game Five. Anywho, continue. Well, I guess that's your prediction. I mean, I assumed it, but you just said it, so it helps. Then we got Jazz and Grizzlies also tomorrow night in the final game of Memorial Day. Who you got in that one? Um, I'm probably going to go with with the Jazz because, like I said, they just have a better experience. They have more experience. They're more veterans. Um, they're just a be- they're just a better team. Simple. And that is the slate for tomorrow. And like I said, we'll be back on Tuesday, regular episode. A happy Memorial Day to everybody. Thank you to everybody that served for our country. And yeah, uh, an interesting weekend to say the least of NBA basketball. And, you know, guy, a lot of pain. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of pain, but, you know, that's why it's good getting into here therapeutic of sorts and um yeah i like forgot for a couple minutes that the knicks lost but now i remember it trey young's face is gonna haunt me forever but you know (laughs) at least it's not kelly olenic like me so yeah so that's that's gonna be it for wavelengths on this one a big thanks to deontay as always for bringing his nba insight full episodes on youtube the sports waves channel at Wavelengths Pod on Instagram, at the Sports Wave Official on Instagram as well, sportswave.com slash apply. Tons and tons of big things coming. Lots of waves, if you will. No, uh, but um, yeah, sorry. That was a po- it, it's super late on the East Coast, and like I watched basketball all weekend, and yeah, that, that's really it. Uh, anything else, Deontay? Jordan Bean, put me out of my misery. That's all I ask for. That's all I ask for in life right now. Yeah, so that's all the time that we got. Thank you, everybody, and we will be back on Tuesday night. See you later.